Right. Well, India, we've not introduced you yet. Oh, I don't even know how to build up. Right. Okay. I want this like introduction. I want this big intro. Oh, oh, pressure. Oh, wow. Okay. Everybody, we have Miss India Rain Fox. I mean, if your name is like a superstar name anyway, so it doesn't really need much more of an introduction than India Rain Fox. You kind of imagine, you know, the X Factor guy with that voice just shouting your name. You can just imagine yeah. it. <laughs> so everybody, um, India, me and India um, met at a very well-known lingerie store. <laughs> uh, we used to work together. India is a very, very charismatic and um, fabulous character, fabulous person, fabulous soul. Woo woo. Um, yeah. And what's what's really kind of brought me to um, message you to want to say, right, oh, we need to get a podcast going, which was a few months ago now, actually. I think it yeah. was in London, actually, because you're based in London at the moment, aren't you? Yeah. Um, is because I don't know at the moment I'm just I'm on my little journey we were just speaking about journeys and things like that and what we do to kind of help ourselves through it and be kind to ourselves and I'm on my little journey at the moment and um scrolling through Instagram and I come across your um profile and I'm like oh I like I like what India's doing at the moment this is exciting. I need, I need to have a chat with it. I don't think we've probably spoken for a good few years. Maybe the odd comment or like on Instagram and that's yeah. pretty much been the extent of it. And I was like, hmm, need to chat with India, see what, see, what, see what she's on at the moment. So tell us a bit about yourself then, India. Well, so just on you saying on the Instagram thing, I think it's funny because I feel when we used to work at the lingerie brand, I don't know if we can mention them or not. <laughs> When we used I, mean, to work I don't think I'm sure. that big. <laughs> <laughs> when we used to work there, I feel like us girls made such a strong bond, mm. like the ball. Yeah. Um, but even though we haven't spoken years, that the fact that we're able to just, you know, yeah. pick up and have a conversation yeah. like this kind of shows how strong the bond was in the first place yeah. and how everyone was lovely, genuine people. Yeah. Um, we definitely still talk about when I... I would say that they are probably the happiest days of my life working in there with you guys, like genuinely, like one oh. of my happiest years. I absolutely loved it there. When I went to uni in Leeds, mm-hmm. I was studying fashion and the dream was, is I want to be a merchandiser. That is the absolute dream. Mm-hmm. And then I was extremely lucky that when I came out of uni, I went straight into a fashion merchandising role. Mm-hmm. Now, normally, Obviously, you would be continuing to maybe work the shop floor for a bit. You'd work, then go into an office and maybe work sort of lower down or in a different area. And I just thought, oh, over the years, I'll build myself up. Mm. So to go straight into that role of an assistant merchandiser, um, it kind of took me by surprise. And I've been doing it for that long now. I'm sort of like, well, what's, what's next? There's got to be more than mm. just I got my like I got my job as soon as I got out what mm. is this it now this mm. was my dream and now I'm like, what should it be my dream 
Yeah. Um, I was like, I need to feel like I'm not being creatively sort of fulfilled. And I feel like a lot of people will feel like that. You sort yeah. of get used to being comfortable mm. and it mm. kind of step back. And for me, there was sort of um, a moment this, well, in 2018 where I lost a friend mm. and she had a spontaneous um, brain hemorrhage and she was 29 but it kind of puts things in perspective mm, especially because an amazing character kind of makes you step back and reassess your whole life and I'm sure lots of people all over the place um all over the world will have had moments like that where they step back and think oh where is mm. is this it you know what am I doing with my life mm. am I being as I possibly can mm. uh, so it kind of took that happening to be like, right, what can I do which is going to push me to be more creative? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started thinking, oh, I'll do a YouTube. And then I look into sort of YouTube and I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So I was like, wow, it's going to be so expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You mean for all the tech equipment and things like that? Okay. Yeah. I was like, that's going to be so expensive. Um, so I was like, right, I'll get, I won't do that. Then I looked into podcasts mm-hmm. and you know, I, I looked into it. And podcasts are such hard work. Like, you do such an amazing job. Like, <laughs> it's I, crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that hard. But, but firstly, obviously, you know, I want, I want you to get, have your time to speak. But firstly, like, I'm so sorry to hear about your friend. It sounds... It, no, it doesn't sound it is horrendous um and you know especially the, the age as well you know that really that really hits home for a, a, a lot of people and a lot of our listeners as well with 29 and something yeah. we're all around that age group and you just yeah. you just never you, you never know when it is going to be your last days the spontaneous the spontaneous hemorrhage that's just yeah. simply awful so I'm really sorry for that and any of, you, any of your friends that might be listening to this as well and you know who who have gone through that too you know um you know my heart goes out to you all because that's you know truly horrible um and obviously you know and what what's what's lovely to hear about that is that you've you've really kind of flipped it on its head almost and thought what can you do to almost springboard out of the low and yeah. think how can I be creative and then all these all these juices like oh, po- podcast YouTube how can I do this how can I better myself there's got to be more to life you you felt yeah. a little bit like that before when you had achieved your main goal of becoming because I remember when you know we were we were in Leeds and that was your goal then and you were so passionate yeah. about it and this was your all-time dream and you get there and you're like oh right what now yeah and it's hard right and I think you know we're all we all push and we all grow the most and probably maybe we only grow from some sort of adversity whether it be a small adversity of um, a small failure. I don't know. Um, you may have got a D in a test 
or we don't even, I don't know if we even do ABCDs now in education. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, our age group, we all know what that means. D is not that great. (laughs) Um, So it might be a small adversity. Have you got a D? Okay, right. I've really got to go get at least a C on my next one that pushes us to do that. Um, Adversity of, you know, loss and grief, that is like on the other spec- other end of the spectrum that really kind of pushes us to think, what more can I do now? Um, and you kind of go one way or the other, really, don't you? And um, some days you go one way and the, other, the next day you might go, you know, more positive with it as well. So, so yeah, continue to let me know. So you were thinking about podcasts, you were thinking about YouTube, and then, then where did you end up after that? I sort of thought, right, what can I do which is... I can only solely rely on myself because I felt like podcasts, you kind of have to rely on a guest. Mm-hmm, I feel yeah. like I to just yeah. speak on my own. Um, so podcasts, you have to rely on a guest. YouTube, it was very expensive. And I was like, right, what's not expensive and what's not, I can just rely on me. And I thought, well, stand-up comedy. And I love stand-up comedy. Um, and I've loved comedy all throughout my life anyway. I've definitely been more drawn towards that, like, you know, when you go to the films and it's, yeah. I always want to see the films um, and I've seen comedians live as well. Um, so I thought, oh my God, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. And then sort of the fear set in and I was like, oh, but I'd be on stage and what if people boo me and what if I freak out and pause and <laughs> oh, all, all of the what ifs. Yeah. Um, and then obviously then I started thinking, well, if my friend was here, she mm-hmm. she would do it. If she wanted mm-hmm. to do something, she would do it. And she'd think, fuck it. And she would do it. So, yeah. oh, sorry, am I allowed to swear? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just thought, oh, yeah, right. I'm going to I'm gonna give this a go. But being a sort of perfectionist that I am, I couldn't right. just go up on the stage. So I was like, I'll go find... I'll go do some courses, maybe I'll go do a little bit of acting or something first to get me used to being on a stage. Mm-hmm. I went down to, um, I mean, I went down to my local community theatre um, and watched their sort of summer showcase. Okay. Um, so they have lots of different people on, they do different performances, they do acting, dancing, singing, all sorts, and just sort of as it was going on, the, this is not to be, I'm not going to say where this is because I don't want to be rude, but it was genuinely, <laughs> the, it, it in itself was a sketch show, like a comedy <laughs> sketch show. It was serious. And I just thought to myself, I can't, I can't be associated with this. Like if I was to do it, like this is not, not to be harsh. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. It was just so, I mean, it's what you would expect sort of theatre, I suppose. Like, people are a little bit um, weird. And I'd say I'm definitely a little bit eccentric, aren't they? But that's the word. And I feel like I am a little bit, well, definitely eccentric, but maybe not up to to that level yet. Oh, my goodness, you met your match. <laughs> I met my match. Oh, I thought it was so funny. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at one point, there was this guy, this is just classic, right? I'm just going to tell you this now. So this guy and the they were doing a theatre show and the sketch show, the mini show, was meant to have like four people in it. But on the night, three of the people 
called in sick or like dropped out. So then he went on stage on his own and he played every single part. So oh, he was like, no. And he was it supposed to be a comedy? No, it was meant to be. Well, that would have turned out to be a bit of a comedy. Oh, hey, hey, Bob. Well, oh, hi, Jack. <laughs> So he was sat down. He was sat down at the table with like a newspaper, and then he was doing his sort of own monologue. And then all of a sudden, he just stood up as if he was the waiter and in the cafe taking the order, and was like, "Hi, what would you like there?" And then he'd sit back down again. And he's like, "Oh, I think I'll get scrambled eggs." And I, just... <laughs> I mean, that's like the like ultimate. The show must go on, isn't it? Yeah. Is it like, yeah. even if it's just me, I'll just play the whole cast. Playing yeah. the violin at the same time. Yeah. Oh, so you decided not to go there then, and I can understand yeah. why, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided I not get to it. go there. But actually, you know what? Big respect for that guy for stepping up and playing every single True. part. True. <laughs> Big balls. Big yeah. <laughs> so I found um, the comedy school, um, which is this here. Okay. She's just showed me a magazine, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I forget that people can't see. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's based in Camden and it's basically a six week intense course on how to be a stand up comedian. Oh, so wow. Go, yeah, so I'm lucky in a sense that the company that I work for, um, when you go to learn, when you want to learn a new skill, they will pay for half of the lessons for the new skill. Oh, so it from, like your, it, from like your nine to five job? Yeah. Oh, that's ace. So I was really lucky because it meant that I was like, right, I want to do this. And then they paid half of like the tuition fee kind of thing, yeah. um, which made it more accessible to me. Um, and yeah, it was so interesting because you kind of went there and you were a class of, let's say about, you know, 10, 15 people. And people were there for all sorts of different reasons and from all different mm-hmm. backgrounds. It wasn't just everyone who was there wanted to be a stand-up comic. There were people who were there who wanted to work better as a team and felt like their team was quite funny and they didn't quite fit in, so they wanted to learn how to be more funny. There was oh, wow. a person, yeah, there was a person there who, you know, works in um, politics and wanted to be more confident when it came to sort of within that career mm. uh, path. You have yeah. other people who are dealing with grief as well and dealing with mental illness and they wanted to do something which was going to um, help them because they do a lot of work with um, mental health and how comedy can help mental health as well. Yeah. Um, so, That's yeah, and I was... Like, I, never, I didn't even know about all this. Yeah, there was, then, there was other people who was there who um, wrote dramas and they wanted to write more funny um, mm. stuff rather than mm. drama so they wanted yeah. to learn that way um, some people are just like for a birthday present yeah like <laughs> that's a so you, it's nice to be surrounded with lots of different people but all like a kind of a common common goal and how everyone's got their own little struggle and they're all using it for the different different reasons we're like actually just going to like the first class or the first meeting or, or whatever it was were you nervous? Oh my god, I was so nervous because I had no idea what to expect. Um, 
and sort of when I get there, they get you to all sit down. You've got to go around and you have to say your name. I don't. I hate that. So kind of like yeah. um, kind of skipping back a little bit. Like, was was comedy something that you always wanted to do? You said you said it was something you were always interested in, and you like love to go watch stand up comedians yourself and things like that. But was it was it always something that you thought, oh, I want to be up there? No, I never in a million years thought of myself being on a stand-up stage. It was more sort of the fact that, I mean, I use humour quite a lot. I mean, you've worked with me anyway, yeah. but I use humour <laughs> quite a lot, sort of like day-to-day, just to sort of deal with the stresses of life. Um, yeah, you know. take life too seriously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I've, and I've also kind of used it as like sort of a defence mechanism, I suppose, as well. So when things in my life haven't been great or um, like I used to be bullied in school mm. um, with a name like India Rainfox, you are a target <laughs> on the playground. No, only a, you're only a target for them because they're jealous of that name. I'm telling you, X Factor. <laughs> well, that's the thing. As obviously as I went up, like... In, like growing up through life um you know going into uni and stuff it really people remember you because of your name and mm. it becomes less, it becomes less of a bad thing and more yes. of a good thing yeah. people will remember you if you were caught back because you're the only person they can remember kind of thing yeah. um so yeah like it has helped definitely now and I absolutely love my name I've always loved my name but when people were poking fun of it poking fun at me mm. I kind of used humor to like mm. protect myself kind of thing mm. but I've always seen it as something more like that than um oh I want to get up on stage and be a stand-up comedian mm. kind of thing mm. um so, so yeah I just, when you were looking to be more creative then so you were kind of thinking um you know you went YouTube podcast okay right this is what I'm going to do why why do you think you decided that you wanted to be more creative what 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 um, was it from being creative that you thought was going to aid you or you were going to well I'm a very sort of well I am a very creative person anyway and like I said I kind of got um comfortable being yeah. merchandising and for anyone who works in merchandising like they'll know it is all excel spreadsheets mm. it is very um mm. it's not creative unless you're creating a pivot table then like you know that's interesting right so it's kind of like you you always wanted to be creative then it's always been within you to want to be creative you've always been a creative soul so you kind of went down the route where almost but dare I say it like a sensible creativity route you know okay well I can get a good job out of this you know there's a lot of up the ranks that I can do um almost like yeah it's like a safe bet for creativity isn't it that was totally my thinking when I was looking at um because I also did um buying as well so before I decided I definitely wanted to be a merchandiser um I did a work experience where I did one week I did buying work and one week I did merchandising work and I mean buying isn't for me because of a whole different other reasons but it was kind of within that and I was like well where's the demand the demand is in merchandising because everyone wants to be like Rachel Green everyone wants to be like her in front of, you know yeah. she's a fashion buyer yeah although if you look at what she actually did you she know, was merchandising you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> some people so think it sounds like gookie <laughs> 
<laughs> like everyone wants to be, you know, a fashion buyer is kind of what everyone thinks of when they think of that mm. fashion glamour like role. Whereas actually, where the demand is is in merchandising, and the money is actually a little bit better in merchandising. Mm. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's why I went for it. Like you said, it was a safe bet, but then it yeah. did dumb down all of my creative yeah side. it didn't feed that for you yeah. it didn't satisfy that side that you were looking to fill in in yeah. a sort of way so when that's kind of like well that was your dream that was going to be your creativity which is you know so so good to be able to kind of be in that especially in London like that's amazing but it wasn't filling that side that you thought it was going to fill ultimately yeah. it wasn't feeling that creativity that buzz that you thought you were gonna it was gonna, this this dream job was going to be all-encompassing it's filled yeah. uh, you know it's filled quite a lot of other the other t- ticks a lot of other the boxes you know great yeah. salary successful um but there's another side to you that you wanted to kind of strive for and but but the it, this is why this is why when I came across you on this I was like oh because it was different it wasn't something that you see all the time on Instagram that like the society norms of career career success that like you've already achieved that um, things like that it was it's you you had to go and find it you had to, it's not something that you would scroll through Instagram or hear on, on a daily basis oh yeah join a comedy club we'll do a six week yeah. course on comedy. You, well, you don't just come across that easily. And yeah. I like that you've kind of gone against the norm and done something different to satisfy what you what you want to do. Yeah. I think but that's it's like as well. Like it's the same with what you've done with this podcast. Like you've yeah. went against the norm and you've started this. Yeah. And I saw, when I, and again, when I saw on Instagram, I was like, oh, bloody hell, that's brilliant. Like I'm so proud. Like I'm so oh. happy for thank you well that's Um, what I mean I was the same for you I was like this is ace (laughs) how cool but I mean I I don't I don't know about you as well it's like uh, and you touched about it when you you know your friend you think about what your friend would do you know what would she do she would go ahead and do it and it I see you kind of realize that all these other little problems or thoughts or small fears don't really matter because before now I was I've I'm still quite a private person but I've opened that gate a little bit more to people you know I'm I'm speaking to and this podcast goes out to anybody who wants to listen to it anybody in the world who wants to listen to it can hear about me my friends my family my stories um Mm. and I'm okay with that and I think it's because previously the thing that was holding me back was the you know the oh what will people think oh you know you mentioned that oh people people might boo me off stage people might think I'm stupid people might think well why that's a bit boring why is she doing that and it got to the point where you're hit with I don't care yeah so much of your life is controlled by what you think people think of you Mm. like people are worried about what their perception is Mm. you know versus other people and it's just once you once you let go of that again, I've had lots like lots of great role models in my life. You know, I've had like my mom, my aunties, I've got friends, sisters, um, and one thing that's all in common with them is it's the kind of don't give a fuck attitude, and mm-hmm. you've got to let go of what mm-hmm. people think about you, especially obviously with stand up comedy, especially with doing a podcast and putting mm-hmm. your life out to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. You can't put a 
go, you know what, hands up, I don't give a fuck um, what anyone else thinks of me. I only care what I think about me. And that's the most important view that there is. Yeah. Um, 100%. Because, mm. the, and as well, you sort of realise that the more you care about what other, or more you think about what other people think of you, there's so many different versions of what people think of you. Like what one person might think of me would be a different, completely different version of what someone else thinks about me yeah. and what someone else. So actually out in the world, there's like a million different versions of you mm. through different people's eyes. Mm. But you only know through your eyes who you are. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, it Do you know does I mean? totally, totally, and and all the different versions of yourself are all influenced by their own thoughts and their own experiences and things like that, and their own knowledge. Like some people, for example, you know, depending on the phase of life as well. Like if you're really into, like at the moment, I'm really into creativity, kind of going against the norm. So when I see you, I see, wow, like yes, maybe somebody else will think, oh really just you know a funny comedian I see that too but I see all the other things around it as well so that my version will be different to other people because of my state of mind at the moment and also then you can flip that to the negativity so if you're then thinking okay well what is everyone going to think of me they're probably going to think I'm stupid they probably think I'm why is she doing this well I've then got to think about okay well Really, should I be bothered about that opinion? Because that opinion is formed from their own state of mind and their own phase of life at the moment. And unfortunately, that's probably influenced because they're not happy with themselves at the moment. And that's the reason why they portray that about about you. So it's not really a credible and valid opinion to be bothered about, really. You only need to worry about yourself, um and that is that is it obviously we're human so we're gonna it the thoughts are gonna come into our heads and it is gonna be a factor you can't say it's not gonna be 100% not but um just as long as you try most of the time to not give a fuck what other mm. people think mm. like yeah that is that's what you do because and as well like you said about the perception and the sort of the way people think when you get up on stage and you perform, so I'll perform the same um set so I'm like a new comedian. So I'll mm-hmm. perform the same set. I'll go to different clubs around London and I'll do the same thing at each different place. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reactions that you get can be completely different. Mm-hmm. You, from exactly the same jokes, mm-hmm. the same delivery, but depending, like the audience, like 100%, um, it How can, well, is. yeah. You've got to, obviously, you're the one that's in control of the audience. You're always mm. in control of them. Um, but at the same time, you know, one crowd might absolutely laugh um, hysterically at one part, but then be confused at another part mm. um, kind of thing. So, why is that? Do we, do we know why? I'm not sure, but to sort of give you an example. Um, so, like, my comedy is rude like it is rude I kind of like base it on the fact that all of the stories that I tell um because I'm like a storytelling comedian mm-hmm. all my stories that I tell are true but they're slightly twisted to obviously comedic yeah. effect yeah um, yeah well some of them are not twisted at all <laughs> <laughs> well they're actually true stories full-on true throughout <laughs> 
um, <laughs> but some of them it'd be like I'll take a situation and I'll flip it so that it's you know it's got a bit more of a comedy value to it um so for example on one occasion again true story um I found when I was younger I went to my mum's bedroom um because she wanted me to be out of the way so and I wasn't I wasn't behaving well so she put me in a bedroom oh and I God. started going through the drawer because oh I was bored as a child I started going through a makeup bag I started going through a drawer and I got out her dildo oh. <laughs> and <laughs> I was young. I didn't know. And how I was how young? Like, oh, how old were you? Oh God, I must have been like six, maybe <laughs> six, seven. And I ran downstairs um, in the middle of a party. One was having a party, and I just threw it in the middle of the room and just laughed. Oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you wouldn't know what it was, though, would you? You just thought, oh, this is no. funny. Makes a funny yeah. sound. <laughs> No, it lights up, it moves around, it bubbles. It's, you know, to, as far as I'm concerned, it's like a, a wand or a, yeah. like a light wand. Like, do you know what I mean? It can be like in a child's mind, it can be so many different things. True, um, it's true. Yeah, but it's so you've got different random. reactions from that. Well, so that's the original story. So that's okay. the original. So then I twisted it to be sort of more of a. Um, because obviously comedy is um, essentially like tragedy. So mm-hmm. the more you can make the situation worse, the mm-hmm. more funny it can be. Yeah. Um, so I flipped it to be like, oh, well, actually, you know, my grandparents had passed away and it was at one of my grandparents' funerals. Yeah. And, you know, then, my, then I flipped it to be like, oh, I threw it at my granddad and then he passed away and oh <laughs> so it's like it's that extreme which when you thought I was talking about it like this it kind of sounds a bit fucked up but when you're in the moment no, the that sounds, I like that it's funny yeah but what, what people um I noticed um people react differently is sort of in the build-up to that story when I'm talking about my grandparents there's a moment where I say oh well you know, people have come from all over to pay their respects to my grandma because she's passed away. Um, they've come from all over to pay their respects. And, you know, although I think they were just there for the free food because, you know, she was a bit of a cow. <laughs> so some people absolutely howled at that on evenings and some people were like dead. Really? Yeah. Um, you always win them over by the end. Yeah. yeah, but it's just like it just every audience is completely different. You can do mm-hmm. a set and yeah, go down a storm and do exactly the same set. Like, and you record, I record all of my sets as well. And I'm mm. like, it is exactly the same. Yeah, an audience would not laugh at all. Mm. You know. Mm. So, how, yeah. how was your first one? How, like, and the feeling after it, like, after your first one, like, you thought, oh, so you, would, you would never be able to accomplish anything like this. You did it, you accomplished it. What was well, that feeling th- after you did it? So, this is the thing in the lead up during the six weeks. Um, so, again, as in terms of like, sort of like pushing myself, so I have an anxiety, like, quite bad anxiety. Mm. Um, and sort of in the back of my mind throughout it is, oh my God, at the end of this six-week course, 
you're going to have to get up on stage in front of hundreds of people mm. and do this. Mm. It's oh. going to be scary as hell. Yeah. Um, and sort of, I was excited, but also that fear in the back of my head. And then when it came to the day, I was like, right, because of my anxiety, I just want to be like the first on, get it over and done with. And then that is like, that's me done. Because the more I sit there, I don't know about anyone else, but um, I really get more anxious the longer that I wait for something. Yeah. It kind of gives my mind time to mm-hmm. open up like more and more and more and just really go, yeah. what, what, what if, what yes, if, what if? again, like, what ifs more, again. Yeah, just build the fear. Yeah. Um, so I said um, to Keith, who runs the comedy school, I said, look, please, can I go on first? And he was like, all right, I'll see what I can do. And then looked at the set list and I wasn't in the first half. Because as well for comedy, for people that don't know, you don't know at what point you're going to go on. Oh. When you do go on comedy night, it is kind of, um, you get there and they'll say, you don't really get a choice where you are. They'll just say, right, you're on here. Or they'll pull your name out of a hat, which I hate. Because <laughs> then it's any time. Yeah, because it can be any moment. I feel like I can't prepare for that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so the set list goes up for the first half and I'm not in it. So he's like, oh, well, you can just sit down and relax and just watch the first half. And I'm like, well, what? That's not <laughs> I ain't relaxing <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, so I sat down, um, nervous as hell, watching everyone else. Um, but it was, as I was watching, I was like, right, okay, these people are, who else who've done the comedy school are doing really good jobs. They're doing really well. And I'm like, oh God, I've got to live up to this. So I said to him, I'm like, look, can I be the first to open the second act? And he was like, yeah, you can. You can open up the second act. So I thought, great. So there's a break. And then I go to the toilet, I do my hair, I do my makeup, I come round, go to the set list. And am I first on the second act? No, I'm not. He's put me like third from last, second from last or something. Oh. Jesus Christ. So when you're backstage at a comedy show, um, I feel like all it look, all people are doing is they're either scribbling, like violently scribbling in their notebooks, yeah. uh, their jokes, or they're, you know, practising their performance um, or pacing. And I was oh, just sat God. there. Like, I was just sat there. <laughs> With my hands on my knees, just because I felt like I was going to have a panic attack. I was mm. like, I'm going to have a panic attack right now, and I can't let this six weeks of go to waste. So I kind of was practicing my breathing techniques from like yeah. mindfulness. Yeah. Um, and, you know, breathe, breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth, trying to think about, I always think about waves, like in mm. an ocean. Yeah. And I think about the waves nice. in, going out. So all I was focusing on was not having a panic attack. I wasn't thinking about the performance itself. Yeah. And that's when Keith came around and he was like, oh shit, you're actually really bad. And I was like, go away, Keith. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, Keith, what are place. you doing? No. Um, so yeah, um, then it come, I thought, right, there's one person that's on before me. And when they go on, I'll, that's when I'll read through what I've my comedy sketch my stand-up routine and then it's fresh in my mind and I'll go on stage yeah and then it'll all be good yeah. so there I am going. and the person who's called up before me doesn't show up so I don't know if they've like done a runner or like <gasps> I don't know what happened. like they've just decided that they're not going to do it anymore okay so they're like 
India, we need you to go on now. Because they'd, they'd call out this person's name and be like, hey, can you can you come up? And then he was just nowhere to be seen. They were like, India, you're going to have to go on now. So I hadn't had a chance to look through my notes. Right. Oh, oh God. To convince people that I'm confident when at yeah. the moment inside I feel horrendous. So I just walked out and I just put a big smile across my face and I just waved, like, waving, smiling, um, just to give everyone the illusion mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. I look like I know what I'm fucking doing. Absolutely. Fake it know. until you make it, girl. Yeah, and know so many people will have done, you know, things like that. Maybe you're in a job interview or maybe, you know, well, anything, and you've kind of just got to, yeah, just fake it till you make it, like you yeah. said. And I went up on stage and it was kind of, it was so weird because all these other factors which I hadn't thought of before. So like you can't see anything when you're on stage because oh, the lights. Mm. Um, you've got to stand in a certain position because you're being filmed. Um, you've also got to think about right. I'm telling these jokes, and I, you know, I use people in the audience for these jokes. Well, I would say like pick on, but maybe maybe not pick on people. Mm. But you know, that's kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, right, okay, I'm going to tell this joke, where am I going to go? I'm going to go at him, where am I going to go? I'm going to go at her, Um, you know, and all these different factors all of a sudden come into play, which you would Mm. never normally think about because Mm. you just normally in the bathroom with a mic stand, Mm. honestly. It's 100%, it's the fear and the anticipation of doing something. But once you're doing it, the fear is completely gone. So there was nothing to be scared of? No. You, you enjoyed it. You weren't scared. It was before. It was out of that scenario. That scenario that you thought was going to be the worst thing ever that you were building this fear up for was nothing Nothing to be scared of whatsoever. Yeah. Did you have a so, buzz after it then? Oh, my God. I came off that stage absolutely buzz, like absolutely buzzing. And I think, obviously, with the content that I do, no one was sort of expecting me when they see me come out on stage, I, I love drag. You know, drag inspires me yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, so I get very glammed up. So I'm wearing, you know, a dress which has diamond fringing on it and stars. And I've got my hair, you know, big, well, big for what I can for my fine flat hair, but big for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've got my false eyelashes on. I've got my huge eyelashes. I've got my lipstick on. I've got glitter on the face. Amazing. All these different things. and. I kind of think I threw people to then go on to talk about, you know, the, the yeah. sexual things that I did. Yeah. So kind of when I come off, I think the people were a bit shocked. Like people were laughing, but I felt like people were laughing because they were shocked as well. Like equal parts disgust, equal parts funny. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's the vibe <laughs> that I try to ratio. Yeah. Um, That's amazing such a buzz afterwards like I was so proud of myself that I'd I actually set out to do something mm. I, worked it, I worked through the fear yeah. and then I achieved it and I actually enjoyed it yeah I feel like a lot of the times people face their fears and then once they do they're like oh no this was actually horrendous I'm never going to do this again mm-hmm. you know mm. um whereas for me it was like oh my god I've done it and it just made me sort of realize it was all in my head, yeah. like that fear. Yeah. It was all in my head. Yeah, there was nothing um, to be afraid of. You enjoyed it. You had fun. You had a great feeling after it. So, if any anything, it was it was something that's going to aid you 
all the time, yet your brain yeah. led you to believe that it was not and it was something to be fearful of. Yeah. It's so crazy. So like with the whole fear aspect, so fear, like I've, I've been, again, I've, like, I've been telling you, I've been reading all these like brain books and stuff. So I find it yeah. so interesting, but the brain, so fear is obviously to keep you safe, isn't it? You know, so like you're scared yeah. of a lion. Yeah. Did you say a lion? Fight or flight. Oh, I was like, oh my God, we just said lion at the same time. <laughs> yeah, fight or flight. Or, you know, we we're scared of if there's a, a lion walking down the street, you're going to be scared because our brain tells us that is something to be scared of. Our lives, <laughs> our lives are in danger. Run. On your, on your second gig, so now you, because before now, your memory was probably built up from... I don't know, um, people around you or um, films that people were scared to, you know, get up on stage or something has given you this memory of getting on stage in front of lots of people is scary. There's something to be fearful of there. So that's where you build it up. But then from your first one, you were then, oh, hang on a second. I'm not scared now I'm on the stage, but I was, my, I was told I should be by your own brain and you've actually enjoyed it now. So that then should you would think that that would then change the memory, your memory of this experience to be a pleasant one and not to be fearful of. So how Mm. did, how was the second gig that you did? Well, this is the thing. Just when it comes to the first, just back on the first gig, um, at the time, obviously, while I was doing it, while all of the drama of the, oh, I'm going to be on first, now I'm going to be on in the second half, now I'm going to be on, you know, and it ended up getting pushed back and pushed back. At the time, I was like, for God's sake, Keith. And now I'm so thankful that he yeah. pushed me to be further back because I think now, and I see why he did it now, and I'm not like I I know that he's done this on purpose to yeah. try and he knows that's my fear, so he's trying to see how far mm. he can kind of push it. I think, and I think that's a great thing as a teacher mm. um, that he did. He really put me out of my comfort zone, but obviously wow. he knew that I could do it. Um, so I really, I mean, at one point there really was like, am I going to do this or not? But. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like he really pushed the limits. And I think if it wasn't for Keith pushing me to be on sort of like last, say if I, he did just say, okay, yeah, you can go on first. I would have just believed that the only reason why I did well is because I was on first. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that any other time that you're not on first, you're not going to do well. Yeah. Ah. So, but yeah, so when it came around to my second gig, just from him doing that, it gave me so much more confidence in that I didn't really care about where I went on. And then it became more about, right, what are the audience, how are the audience reacting and how am I dealing with yeah. that? Literally, after your second one, you were able to kind of, you know, reduce the, the fear down ridiculously to be able to focus on the, the your craft and actually yeah. understand, be aware of what you're doing rather than it all being an absolute blur. <laughs> yeah, it, it came so much because they don't tell, I mean... You look at a comedian on stage. Oh, my God, I feel like I shouldn't be telling you this. I feel like I'm telling you, like, magician tricks or something. Um, (laughs) It's an exclusive. Yeah. Everything looks as if it's so, like, off the, you know, off the cuff and flawless and they've just done it, you know, like that. But it isn't. It is very much. I mean, I've got... 
I've brought these, not that anyone can really see it again, but like I've got box and box. Yeah. And box and box. Um, <laughs> all for all different situations. And those bits where it looks like maybe someone's being picked on in the audience, that is on purpose. They will have a look to see who is out on the audience first, mm. pick up other things. So if so, so for listeners then if you're going to see, go see a comedian, don't be sat in the seat that you're going to sit in on the lead up to them coming out. Jump in straight away as soon as they yeah. go out and then and hope that they're not so off the cuff and quick. Can't think of a yeah. joke about you. <laughs> Obviously, some comedian like, there is a lot of comedians who are like that, but a lot of the time, so you have like a person who comes on in between, like a host of the show, of a comedy show, and backstage at a gig, you'll see they'll have a big, thick, well, a lot, not all of them, but they'll have like their, certainly their book with them, like which they write all their jokes in and they'll go up and they'll say like, oh, like, hi, Steph, like, where are you from? Are you from Leeds? And then maybe they'll say something off the cuff and then they'll go back in the break while someone else is on. They'll be like, right, what jokes have I got about Leeds? What can mm-hmm. I have to do? And then they'll go back on and that's why they return to people and be like, then they'll start saying things all the tricks of the trade so is it going to be something you're going to continue well yeah definitely I want to continue it but obviously with lockdown going on so many um like all of my gigs got cancelled which is annoying stuff oh my gosh I've just realized what you mean by Miss Rona (laughs) yeah oh my god people who don't know this right so before I messaged Steph sure I said oh yeah my gigs have all been cancelled because of Miss Rona and then when you said that you you didn't know who she was I was like what yeah but then you came back with oh she's quiet and spiky and I was like and and I was I know your your type of jokes I was like is, is she talking about like her, her lady parts? Like, has she got is she got an issue that stopped her from being able to gig? Yes, I'm really sorry. I've got some ingrown hairs, and it's just an absolute. <laughs> oh, I'm literally, I was like Miss Rona. I was like, oh, she means Corona. Spiky and taking over the world. You know what I mean? Kind of like my pubes, to be honest, I suppose. But yeah, <laughs> that's Rona. exactly what I thought. Okay, let's get back on track, shall we? You know, what's what's the best that could happen? So rather than thinking what's the worst that could happen and then again, and then triggering that fear, you're always going to think of all the other way, all ways that you could potentially avoid it. Oh, I haven't got the money. I haven't got this. I don't have the time. Um, I don't have the skills. I don't have the qualifications. Um, well, there's always other people that know more than me. There's people that are funnier than me. There's people that can public speak. They've done a lot more of that before. Um, there's always going to be something that you could say. And that's when yeah. you say, oh, what's the worst that could happen? There's always somebody there that could do what if this, what if that? But if then you, mm-hmm. but then if you change what's the worst that could happen to what's the best that could happen, you, which is another thing that I read, you flip I on this, yeah, you flip the switch to not oh, the fear part of the brain, but the reward part of the brain. And then straight away, you then think, okay, well, what reward am I going to get from this? I'm going to get the feeling of, satisfaction accomplishment success um proud accomplishing my fear and so then because you trigger that part of the brain of the feeling of reward the 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 
the brain and the body craves that so that you're more instinctively going to do that rather than flipping the switch to fear, which is going to tell you to avoid and ignore and get away from it. So it's literally just from changing your thought process around the situation. And it sounds Mm -hmm. so simple, but it will get you a step closer to actually doing it. Yeah. Oh my God. You just flip the switch. You just flip Flip the the switch. Flip the switch, baby girl. I love that. I love that. That is so good. That's so true. Like, Like when you think of it like that, it is something that is so obvious, but you never really think about things in that way. No. No, you always I think as well, like as humans are always so drawn to like the negative of something mm-hmm. that can happen. Um mm-hmm. because you know, you would receive like a thousand compliments or whatever, you're always gonna focus on the person who's maybe mm-hmm. said something or not gave you a compliment. Yeah. And it's kind of like that. You put have all of these fears that are going on, all of these what if scenarios, and you ignore all of the positive flip the switch scenarios. Yeah. But yeah, when you do it like that, oh my yeah. God, I love that. I want to write that down. No, do, do. That's because that really resonated with me. And I'm like, yes, like, just don't think of that. Think of what I will get from it and focus on that. It's so simple. So simple. It's not, it's not something that is kind of like, wow, but it is in another way when you actually think, why have I not thought of that before? Yeah. It's so, it's like, it's so obvious. Like, that's definitely added like another, um, like a, another variable to it that flip the mm. switch but what are the little steps in between that yeah so I think that when writing my comedy I'll think right I'm just gonna do I'm just gonna write down some themes all right okay I'll just write a couple of things around these themes right I'll just build this together yeah and then before you know it you've done something and sometimes you don't sometimes you'll write a few themes and you think right okay I really can't do it that's fine you've just got to be kind to yourself and be like okay I'm gonna put this down for now yeah. and I'll come to it yeah no. and that's okay to take a break yeah and I've learned cool. that as well like it's okay it's okay to take a break because previously I would just quit <laughs> I'd be like oh yeah I can't I can't do this today so I must have to quit no I just have I just take a break and then I come back to it and I'm more refreshed and yeah. from and also because I do that as well I do that thing oh I'll just do a little bit and I trick it's kind of like you're tricking your brain isn't it because yeah. if you say if you then think again it's coming back to fear but if you're you think I've got this massive ginormous thing you straight away you're like oh no it's too much too scary can't do this but if you just back, chip away at it little by little and like you say you end up actually you can just do five minutes you end up oh you're still there half an hour later you've kind of You've, you've been able to do the same action that you were going to do in the, in the first place, but you've tricked your brain into actually doing it and not realizing yeah. they've done it. Because fir- at first they said, no, no, that's too scary. We can't do that. That's harmful to us. And then yeah. well, we've just done it, but we've just done it differently. And we'll, haha, brain, I've just done it. It's like sneaking up on it, you know? <laughs> yeah, fooled you, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> but I think that's a really good because from doing this as well and I bet you've had it as well lots of people saying oh wow like like that that takes guts like well done for you and a lot of people will say I, I'd like to do something like that as well and I'm like we'll just start just start do something take that one or two steps today or one step or one baby step today in line with what you actually want to achieve so many people say to me oh like I could never do that. I could never, I could never do that. I could never get up on a stage and I could never do that. And I'm like, you could, 
you totally mm. could do that if mm. you wanted to do that you can do that you can do whatever you put your mind to mm. like if you've got a goal and you know and you want to achieve it like I said baby steps because mm. 100% you can do it the only person that's getting in the way of you and that goal is you mm. like there is nothing else which is in your way from mm. you doing that and you can totally talk that I have everything in yeah. whatever it is yeah absolutely <laughs> And then that also brings into into play as well. You know, you say, oh, you, I could never do that. But you realise you could. I think that goes back to, you know, how that stemmed from, um, obviously, your situation and then obviously my situation um, with grief. Um, and yeah. it was, it's, you, you, you probably never in a million years think you could ever get through something like that um, previously. And, you know, you go through it and, Oh, I'm 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 still here. I'm still I'm still able to you know do this. I'm still able. To, I, I actually got through. I never thought I could ever get through something like that. So mm-hmm. from there, you think that these things that 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 you know the people coming to you saying, "Oh, I don't know how you could ever could do that." Get up on stage, you you have a realization that maybe everything that the brain is telling me that I can't do. Well, actually, I did that, and it told me I couldn't do that before. So maybe. Yeah these things that I'm saying, oh, I can't do, maybe I can do that too. Yeah. And I'm definitely like, when it comes for me before everything that sort of happened, I was, I am a bit of a wet lettuce. Do you know what I mean? Mm. (laughs) I'm a bit like, I am scared of like a lot of things. Um, But I do always like to think that I kind of like try and face up to them like Mm. a little bit. Mm. So you know, for example, when I was a kid, I was scared, absolutely petrified of roller coasters. I was so scared of them because mm. I hate not being in control. That's what that's what it is for me. Mm. It's not being yeah. in control. I do not have a good time with. Um, and the idea of going on a roller coaster and letting a machine throw me about just was <laughs> like the idea of absolute hell. Um, but I went on and like I went on the roller coaster because I was like, I want to prove that you know, I can do it. I'm going to try it out. And if I hate it, then I won't get another roller coaster. I'm just going to try it. Like I psyched myself out and I tried it and I went on roller coasters. I probably went on a roller coaster maybe like three times in my life. That is it. And I had a bad experience on all of them. I absolutely hated it. But then mm. that was all kind of confirmed to me. Yeah. I don't like this situation. Yeah. yeah. But who did not know? I could have got on that roller coaster and I could have absolutely had my best life. Yeah. I could have, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. And then you know, I could have went off and tackled Alton Towers and for like everyone else that's out there, I definitely feel like if there's something that you want to try or if you've been nervous for, like just go for it. Like just absolutely just go for it. Just do it one time. Um, obviously try and make the circumstances right for yourself. You know, don't put yourself in a bad or compromising position. Like try and not put yourself out for failure. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like mm-hmm. if for me I wanted to do stand-up in order for me to then feel comfortable on the stage I obviously did this um Mm -hmm. six-week course which then gave me the confidence and then I went out and I did it say if I'd have just went out and did it rather than doing the course Mm. I got up there without my knowledge and my skills maybe I would have had a different outcome and Mm -hmm. maybe I wouldn't pursued it so I feel like when you do go for something give yourself the best chance as well yeah you know set yourself up for success yeah, set yourself up for success, not for failure. Um, 
and then yeah when it does it might come through it might not but at least you can be proud of yourself and say mm-hmm. that you know I tried and that's yes. all that matters exactly tried. absolutely oh thank you so much India thank you for coming on lots of wise words some funny stories you are so welcome I really wanted to get you on I thought it was a great great journey that you're on and um you know we've got similarities within that as well so I just really wanted to have a good chat with you so thank you so much I loved it You've been listening to 29 and something. Follow us on Instagram at 29 and something to keep up to date with all the new podcasts. And let us know what you think of any of the episodes by leaving us a voice note using the link in the bio. Messages may be used in the next episode. So thanks for listening. 